0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the Bought by the Hour podcast. I'm your host Jill and I am so excited that you're here with us. We are actually going to go over the finale this week and I'm going to tell you how I got out and how the situation ended. I'm so glad that you're here with me and I can't wait to tell you how the story ends. As always before every episode I want to insert a clear content warning. Some of the topics that we discuss are considered disturbing or triggering. I want you to consider this before listening any further. Some of the topics that we discuss are physical, mental, and sexual abuse, violence, trafficking, and drug use. So medically, I had a pretty rough go at it um, the entire time that I was in New York. And afterwards, I had several medical problems that I dealt with, Um, just mainly from the lack of medical treatment that I was receiving while I was there. I think I went to the dentist like one time and then I got the staples in my head. Um, And that was pretty much it. I mean, he would take us to Planned Parenthood to get birth control, um, but that was, that was it. (laughs) Um, I struggled with kidney stones uh, before the trafficking and then definitely during it was still a problem. I just uh, was living on coffee and not drinking water and it just, you know, so it escalated pretty quickly. I I went through it a couple times and just managed to deal with it uh, without going to the doctor. But the last time that it happened, it was Definitely like worse than than any situation I'd ever been in before with kidney stones. Um and I was this was after Backpage had shut down and so I was forced to be like outside uh walking around trying to convince people <laughs> to pay me for sex and I am stopping in random alleys to like vomit because I'm in so much pain from this kidney stone and it has been going on for like well over 24 hours at this point. I finally convinced Jack to take me to the emergency room. I am like begging, I am in severe pain, I can't hardly walk at this point, I am not able to like work and make money especially. And so he's like, if you make your money tonight, I will take you in the morning and so I worked for the rest of the evening. I, the next day he did take me. Um, I was there pretty much all day. They did, uh, several different, I was, the kidney stone was too large. It wouldn't pass. They tried medication, just things weren't working. So they ended up having to do like this procedure and it left me, uh, very uncomfortable in my entire groin region. And so, um, I texted Jack and let him know that I was done and he didn't show up for several hours. Um, It was like 11 o'clock at night. I think by the time he came and got me, I was sleeping on a bench in the like emergency room waiting room. And I get in the car. I had already texted him before he got there and was like, hey, you know, what are you going to do with me tonight? Because there's no way that I can work. It's just not possible. Like I just had seven doctors and a bunch of tools, you know, in my crotch. It's out of service right this second. (laughs) And his response in the text message was, what are you telling me that for? And so I already kind of knew the attitude that I was coming into whenever I got into the car. Um, There was... I don't remember the entire argument. I know that at one point I was so frustrated and in pain and like my brain is just trying to process this like, hold on, how is it that you say that you love me and then you pick me up from the emergency room (laughs) and I can't have a night off? Like I just was, it was just, I was trying to comprehend all of it and none of it was aligning in my brain and so I'm like, I start crying and he, Jack hates it. Jack hates it when girls cry. Like, I don't know. It just, instead of a normal person that like makes you feel, a, you know, a twinge of sympathy, like it pisses him off. And so now he's even more angry because I'm crying and I'm saying I can't work and I'm giving excuses as to why I can't make money and blah, blah, blah. And he backhands me um and so i'm in the passenger seat so he hits me with his right hand he hits me on the left side of my face and his pinky ring actually cuts my eyeball open and he hits me so hard on the left side of my face that the right side of my nose started bleeding and i just remember like thinking to myself like this can't be <laughs> this can't be it man like this can't be what this like love story is like i just I don't know. Something just clicked in me that I was like, wow, this is all crap. Like I don't think any of this is true. And so we got to a familiar train station there in Queens and um, he told me to get out of the car and go in the train station and change clothes and get ready to go work. Um, And he handed me like $7 so that I could get something to eat before I started my evening. And so I went into the train station and I went into the bathroom and I just am looking at like the high heels in my bag and I'm just like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I, I don't think I can do it anymore. And I blocked his number while I was in the bathroom And I used that $7 to take a train um, to Manhattan because I felt like Manhattan is larger. The chances of him, like, finding me, it's, you know, there's so many people. There's there's so many streets and, you know, there's just no way. Like, so I go, I'm just, like, walking and crying, trying to figure out what I'm going to do because I have no money and, like, nowhere to get anywhere. Like, I'm just, and so... As I'm walking and crying, um, if you if you hear any other interviews that I've done or um, if you've heard my story before, I commonly describe him as the angel man. I do not believe that this man was a human. Like, there's no way. If he was not a human, if he was a human, he was sent by an angel. Like I'm telling you it. So out of nowhere, he literally grabs my arm and stops me. And I'm like, uh, <sighs> hello. And he's like, why are you crying? And I was like, what? And he's like, well, you're clean. You don't look homeless. You're walking with a devil bag and you're crying. What's going on? And so I like verbally diarrhea the whole last three plus years and like seven seconds and he's like come with me and he just grabs my hand and starts walking and you know at this point in my life I'm pretty much like oh, what else could happen <laughs> you know what I mean like how much worse could it get so so I go with this man um and he takes me to his uh, apartment it was like a, a high-rise apartment building there in Manhattan um lets me take a shower lets me change my clothes cooks me dinner I eat, he gives me $50 in cash and he says, um, my wife is going to be home from work soon and I'm not going to be able to explain why you are in our apartment. So I'm going to need you to go. He's like, but I hope I was able to help you out. And I was just like, what in the world? (laughs) What in the world? Um, and so I used that $50 and I bought a bus ticket. Uh, to get me out of the greater New York area. Um, and I also was something that was cheap enough that it l- gave me some money left over to, you know, figure out what I'm doing next. And uh, while I was on the bus, I called the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Um, and I'm going to give that number now, and I will give it again at the end of the episode. Um, that 373 seven eight 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 you can also text help or the word info to two three three seven three three they are available 24 7. there's always someone there to either answer your phone call or to text you back um i have called multiple times uh besides the first time that i called whenever they helped me escape the situation in new york um i've called them after that i've called them within the last few months, because I just needed to talk to somebody who kind of understood what I was going through. And this is, um, you know, trafficking is, has recently kind of taken off in, you know, internet hashtags and Facebook and Twitter and whatever. Um, but there's not a lot of, of survivor support out here because it's so fresh. And so, you know, it's nice to just have somebody who understands, (laughs) um, it's even hard to find therapists, you know, that that specialize in trafficking, but we'll, we'll get to that later. So <clears throat> I call the National Human Trafficking Hotline while I'm on the bus and they say, okay, hold on. We're going to connect you with someone who's in your area. They give me a phone number. I call her. She's like, yes, we can get you out. Within less than 24 hours, I might have slept at a subway gas station combo for a little bit, but... Within less than 24 hours, they had me a plane ticket, and I was on my way to a safe house. And the National Human Trafficking Hotline, I mean, they really were able to step in and connect me with someone who was able to get me out. Um, It was one of the scariest situations of my life. Um, Leaving was, it was hard because it was exciting because, you know, I could like sleep at night which is something I'm going to tell you. I still do not take for granted. Like my friends make fun of me because they like to go to bed by like 10 or 10 (laughs) 30. And I'm like, no, you guys don't understand. I get to go to bed at 10 or 10 30 if I want to. Like nobody can tell me that I can't go to bed. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, also I'm just getting older and I'm tired and I love to sleep, but I, uh, I was also very heartbroken, very heartbroken. Um, It's a lot, it's a lot to swallow, (sighs) to realize that A, I got duped, B, none of it was real, or you play this game in your mind of like, was it real? Okay, because I know now that he never really loved me but like was all of it not real or were there parts of it that might have been real and which parts were they and i'm trying to like replay everything in my mind and decipher and tear it apart and then it just becomes this anxiety and this stress and this and i had to just learn to let that go it did not happen quickly it took many years of um you know (laughs) therapy and jesus but there's there's nothing like the amount of loss that happened there. Just I lost my everyday norm. Um, I lost my person that I was with. I lost my income because as much as you know I didn't get to like keep money for myself he had no problem spending it on us and so it kind of still felt like you had money you know because you were <laughs> purchasing things like you had money and just, you know, he paid for it. And so it, you know, there was a lot to adjust to. It was really hard for me to go back to like working a normal job and like, you know, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to make $10 an hour. And I used to make a thousand dollars a day. And And I'm supposed to believe that I am worth. (laughs) I'm doing this because I'm worth more. (laughs) It didn't make sense in my head because I'm like, if I'm worth more, then I should make more money. (laughs) But, you know, that's my self-worth does not, you know, based on what I make at my job. But that's part of the brainwashing and the grooming and the changing of how your brain works, because that was what I was based on in, you know, with Jack if if I made a lot of money, he really liked me. If I didn't make a lot of money, he didn't really like me. <laughs> so it, it was a rewiring of my entire system that I had to do when I got out. And it's, uh, it's painful to like get out of bed and be like, okay, what do we do again now? What's, what do I, where do I go? <laughs> like, thank God for the safe house. Um, we'll talk about them in a later episode, but they, um, oh, they really saved my butt there. Cause I was, I was a mess. And I mean, hallelujah for them for putting up with me. Cause I know when I came out, I still thought I was a hard ass and I was not, <laughs> I was not. So, um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this story. I'm really excited to dive into season two. Um, we're going to do some interviews with some other people that are in the trafficking world. We're going to um, hear some featured interviews from other podcasts that I've done. I'm gonna I'm gonna play those for you guys on here. Um, we're going to kind of dive into what the after looks like. You know, we're going to talk about PTSD and how I'm super single for maybe forever. And I might just be a cat lady or something because red flags are everywhere now. <laughs> They're everywhere. And I can't date or talk to anyone. And I can't I can't use the internet because that's how I got into this situation. But that's the only way people meet people now. I'm telling you guys, we have plenty more to talk about. So don't leave me yet. I am so excited for season two. Thanks for being here and thanks for listening. Thank you everyone for sticking around for this first season of Bought by the Hour. I am so excited for season two. We are going to take a one week break, but we will be back on May 7th for the first episode of season two of Bought by the Hour. I also wanted to go ahead and throw that human trafficking number out there for you guys one more time. That was 1 888 373 or you can text help or info to 233-733. I can't wait to be back and tell you guys some more stuff. See you later.